0: I'm just really excited that you're here and to continue this journey with you. So if you're here uh, listen to this podcast you're you're probably someone that is tired of uh, you know flipping, tired of doing things month to month, year to year doing the same kind of uh, single family things that are you know that, that are probably profitable but the problem is you've got to do it each and every month. Or you just you've you've came here because you you put your mind into bigger things and wanted to start with bigger projects, and really, um, in my mind, that's what a multifamily investing is 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 thinking a little bit bigger, right? I used to think, gosh, how can I own an apartment building, right? And that's all it was. I wished. I used to wish, you know, I wish I could own an apartment building, and one day. I changed my mindset. And all I did was change a little bit of the way I did it. And I asked myself, how could I own an apartment complex? And that, my friend, is the whole difference. That little shift is asking yourself, how can I? And that, hopefully that's why you're here, is you're wanting to discover how you can own an apartment building that will pay you time and time again and can make you wealthy really, really, really fast. So the first thing that you need to do, I think, is you need to go to my website. Go to KahunaWealthBuilders.com and download our free Quick Start Workshop. Okay, this is going to be where you're going to get a lot more information and a lot more detail about how you can find, acquire, and fund 100-unit apartment deals um, using other people's money, right? And that's the key thing is other people's money. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, so go do that now. Even if you have to pause this track, pause it. Go do there, download it, and uh, that'll help you get started. And it's going to give you a lot of insight, so you can uh, kind of do some of your own homework, right? Um, so let's go back and let's talk about in the last episode what we talked about. We talked really about the big picture, and, and really I shared a lot of my personal story of uh, of how I kind of came about and and got into the multifamily investing uh, apartments, right? So. But we really talked about also why apartments? Why does it make sense to do apartments? And, you know, we, we explained the three ways you got paid. Um, we also talked about, you know, you get to become an actual investor. In other words, um, you're starting to work as an investor and you're going to get a lot more benefits of um, tax benefits being an investor wh- rather than a flipper. Remember, flippers, when you sell that property and you do a quick turn, you're paying ordinary income. And that's, that's a pretty high tax bracket, and especially if you're making lots of money. And so apartments offer something, you know, I think, way, way more juicier and way more funner, um, and that's cash flow. And cash flow is pretty cool. And the, the other thing, one of the, the, other thir- the third thing in my mind is that you get to scale uh, what you do in a single-family world, right? So it's really hard to buy 100 homes, single-family homes, in any market rather just one market if you had multiple markets i mean that's even another whole minefield but you can easily very easily buy a hundred unit apartment complex in one spot instead of a hundred different yards to mow and tenants and, and and things like that in different locations you can have everything in one spot centrally located and honestly that just makes it so much easier so that's that makes a lot of sense in my mind so, and then also I shared with you how to, how I got my, uh, my first deal, my $3.2 million purchase that is probably worth over $10 million now. And I still own and operate and it's still cash flows. I mean, so that was a lot of fun, exciting to share that story. Um, so moving forward though. So here's kind of what's coming down the pipe and I'm going to call these first episodes more like pillars, right? Secret pillars that I think you should know. And I, I think I've I've dove down into it and i think there's probably six that we're going to talk about and i'm just going to line them out so you can kind of get an idea of what we're going to be talking about in the future in future podcasts and then you know once we go through these six we're going to go back to each one and then drill down even farther so i'm really going to try you guys to do you guys a, a really good job of of getting the basics out and then going into each part and kind of really uncovering um, a lot more of the details, a lot of the, the little things that, that go on in the apartment world. It's a little bit messy here. You know, it's it's a little, apartments, there's a lot of things going on. There really is. But it's not difficult. It's just different is the best way to describe it. It's just different. So in my mind, there's really six secret pillars for successful cash flowing apartments, and, uh, the first one is really discovering the secret, secret language of apartments. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But in future podcasts, we're going to talk about, um, you know, the secrets of finding apartment deals, the secrets of analyzing apartment deals to make them make money. In other words, how do you, you know, what are you using? What tools are you using to analyze what you would think would be potential deals and, and being able to figure out, Hey, is this a deal or not? right? That's really, really important. And we're going to spend a lot of time in that deal. And we're going to come back and even drill down farther in that one thing. And this is where, you know, finding deals or at least getting deal flow, I think is fairly simple. Um, But analyzing deals, that's the gauntlet. And then, uh, you know, the next pillar is, you know, how to make offers, how to make attractive offers, how to get your deals accepted. Right. That's that's an important part of the deal. And that's all about salesmanship and making offers look attractive. And there's there's a way to do that. Um, and then, the you know, the next one that I think is really important and we'll do we'll go in depth on this one is how to fund your deals. And there's a there's a secret way to do that. I mean, I figured out that code. Right. We've raised millions of dollars um, just from mom and pops people. So, you know, it can be done, right? I started from nothing, so I know this. I mean, if you're starting from nothing, guess what? There, you, there's, you can have success. You don't have to be born into money. And I honestly, I find most great investors don't come from that. Maybe for the exception of Donald Trump, but even Donald Trump. Look at Donald Trump. Donald Trump, you know, he's like, well, I borrowed a couple of million. But he turned that million into billions. So, um, you know... doesn't really matter where you start, right? It's really how you play the game, how you finish, right? And and what you're doing to set yourself up for retirement, for cash flow, to living the life. And we talked about this, you know, what is success? You know, success is sunset and palm trees. It really is. It's living the life that you, you dreamed of and having the, I guess, the freedom to say, not today. You know, in other words, if you you know had kids, I have kids, and so you know, uh, the one one of the biggest things that I get to to be is my kid's dad, and I'm a full time dad. I mean, I I run all the school stuff, I run practice, right? I don't miss practices, I don't I don't have to. I'm not working that hard in my business every day grinding. That um, I I have the ability to go and watch my kids practice, and I do. I, I love watching my kids practice. I get a lot of joy out of that. Watching you know every game, I don't miss games. You know, really, I, I just I get to be a full time dad. And, and maybe you're a mom. You know, maybe you want to be a full time mom, and you, and you want to go to all the school functions and, and things like that. Because I mean, those things are are cr- critical, crucial. You know, and there's not to say that there wasn't you know a period of time where I had to. Um, what I call sprint. So in this business, sometimes you got to learn how to sprint, and then you got to learn how to marathon. Sprinting is when you have to put in the work, and just like what you guys are doing now, listening to this podcast, you're trying to get your mind right. And sometimes you have to spend a you know a little bit of time sprinting and like taking on the information um, and getting it kind of all gathered in and and processed. But once you get that, then you start to learn how to marathon. And so, you know, you can't sprint forever. That's just not a good, it's not a good way to do business and you'll burn out. So in this business, there's times, when you know, when we get a property under contract, now we're sprinting for maybe a three-month period of time. We're really focused on what's going on. And then we get to marathon, right? And we just do the the little things that make us successful. So that's really a good way to, to talk about it. So um, the last one is, I think, how to become a great operator. And being an operator is like saying, um, you know, I have multiple projects and and really managing uh, these properties. And the great thing about this business is that you don't have to physically be the management company. I third party out all my Um, third-party management and I like it that way because I don't want a day-to-day job I just don't I don't want to have to make all those decisions and have um, tenants call me and have to deal with employees and all the staff and all that stuff I just personally choose not to now I could and you know I probably can make more money because of it but I mean there's this simplicity factor of just having a you know a, a management company and then managing that management company. And that's really how to be a great operator. And then I'm going to teach you, though, some things that we do on every property with my management company that will help you get profits into your pocket. And really, that's it's those little things. And there's a lot of little things. And this that will be a fun episode that we really get into the operations of you know how do you take over a property how do you transition what things should you do first how do you increase rents you know what kind of follow-up system do you have all those things are really um, important and, and practical and if your management company um, is not doing them you, you really need to set a standard for what really really works so I'm gonna give you a lot of my secrets on you know how to be, be a great operator and how, how we raise rents by doing something as simple as changing lighting Right, we'll talk about lighting in detail because it makes a big difference. So, hopefully, that makes sense. What we're going to be doing—that's that, a lot of good stuff that's coming out. And so, I just—I don't want you guys—I don't want to lose you guys, right? I want you to stay in the series as we go through it. I think you're going to get a lot of good information. And then, and then if you go to my website, and get the other stuff you'll be well on your way to learning this business. And it's a great business, right? It's, it gives me the, it'll give you the life that you only dreamed of, and it's a lot, a lot of fun. All right, so let's get right into it. Let's talk about discovering the secret language of apartments, okay? So I'm we're gonna talk about the ABCs. And it's not the ABCs of life, it's the ABCs of buildings. And so what we talk about when we're buying apartments, um, apartments are kind of graded in what's called, you know, you have A, A properties, your B properties, your C properties, and then you have the D properties, and which is really called the war zone. And so, the A, so just to kind of give you an idea of what that means. An A property is the new properties that you see being uh, constructed. These are your very high-end properties that the rents are very expensive. They have all the amenities. They're fairly new. And honestly, they're built within probably the 2000s or on up, so last 16 years or so. They have the big TV rooms. They have all the amenities, the big swimming pool areas. Um, They have just lots. They have computer rooms nowadays. I mean, there's just lots of amenities. And you're paying for the amenities, really you are. And those are apartments um, that I guess that most investors that I use would never touch because um, they they offer very low rate of returns and really that's more of a, a developer game, right? If you want to develop apartments, you can make lots of money doing that. Um, but most of the investors on those deals are like REITs or real estate investment trusts, right? Or just things that are you know looking for stable. Um, income and income producing uh, type of things and they give a you know pretty low rate of return um, then you have what what I call the B properties and the B properties are usually built somewhere in the 80s 80s and 90s um, and these are these are nice looking properties really nice looking properties they just don't have all the amenities and they're you know just a little bit they're just a little bit older and B properties are actually a really good great, great type of property because they're not having so much what I we call deferred maintenance. So there's a term, deferred maintenance. What is deferred maintenance? Deferred maintenance is when um, a property owner or property management company is not taking care of problems that happen on the property. And this is a great... Um, we look for properties when we're buying them that have lots of deferred maintenance. In other words, they're just not... Uh, taking or putting pro- money back into the property. Um, so a B property is built in the 80s. They usually have washer-dryer hookups. That's another big kind of distinguishing factor. Uh, and these are all still, now, these are these are still subject to change, right? So, I mean, you can have an 80s that's still what we would consider an, an A property because it's in the right location. But, uh, but, but generally speaking, a B, you know, has washer-dryer hookups and, um, you know, have, you know, pretty nice amenities, right? Um, so then you go, go down to the C's, and the C's are built in you know the 70s, um, early 70s, late, uh, well, early to late 70s, maybe the late 60s, right? And then anything after that, and, and typically the, the C properties don't have a washer and dryer hookup inside um, the the unit itself. Usually there's a laundry facility. Um, which is another great place to make some income, by the way. But um, that's typically the way it works. And then you have D, the war zone. The war zone is just the places that you wouldn't want to go to at night at all and um, is just riddled with crime. And those are just areas that, honestly, you just want to stay away from. And so what I'm going to teach you how to do is I don't know how to buy A's and make money, right, but I know how to buy B and C properties and the reason the why is because they don't build a B and C property anymore, right? And you have to do a lot of discovery to find them. Um, but there's a lot of people that buy these buildings and then they don't run them properly. They mismanage them, and things go wrong. And, and so there's always opportunities for experienced operators. Or if you're listening to my podcast, I'm going to teach you all the things that you're going to need to be experienced at. To make value, right? To have a, a way to um, improve the property and make you know more income. So there's great ways to do that. Um, so just like there's ABCs in buildings, right? There's also what I call ABCs in the markets, right? And so you know you have different areas of town. I'm um, in any town that you know. Hey, here's the best part of town, right? Here's where all the nicest stuff is, uh, then, and so you have A areas, B areas, right, and C areas, and then the war zone. I mean, we know all these places you know, in your mind when think of an A an A area is you know that really hot spot in any town, and and there's multiple A areas in any market, right? You know, for so I, I live in Phoenix. Um, in Phoenix we have you know um, Chandler so Chandler Arizona there's parts of Chandler that's definitely a B area and there, there's also uh, in other parts of Chandler that are that are absolute a areas and so and you, you know the difference there you know there's the new um, parts of Chandler where they have all the new development new big-box retailers new you know everything's kind of nice and new then you have kind of like the old part of Chandler that you know, there's smaller homes, smaller income areas, and you know those are, but they're still great neighborhoods. They're in a great location. Those are B areas. And then you have the C areas, and then you have the war zones of places where you wouldn't go at night. And so the trick is, you want to find B and C properties, right? So B and C buildings. You can make, and they don't build these things anymore. And you know, in B and C uh, areas. And sometimes um, the areas can change because what happens in this stuff is that, um, you know, the path of progress can change and move, right? Sometimes um, an area that, you know, I give an example here in Phoenix, um, we had uh, in Mesa. Mesa is primarily what I would call a B area, some parts of it are A, but they decided to make a, um, a tram or a light rail that was gonna go all the way from there to downtown. And so some of these areas got way more um, exciting and, and moved up and the, you know, they were you know, offering incentives to improve the area. And so there was great opportunities in that little, that little segment. And that, that happens all across the United States, right? So it's, it's really, it's not just held to one area, it could be multiple areas. So that's, that's exciting, so that's the ABCs of areas. And so the, you know, your best ideal is like if I could buy a, you know a C property in a B area, right? That's great. Or a B property in a B area. Um, you don't always want to do the you know the opposite unless it just makes sense. But you can buy a B property in a C area, but you'd like to see that that area is improving, that it's not going down like from C to D, that it's improving, hopefully becoming C to B. And you'll know that through numbers and through through data. And we'll talk about that in future episodes of how to do market analysis in the markets, um, how to you know, determine where the path of progress is flowing, things like that. Right. So, the, and this segue is really good into the next piece that I want to talk about. is called market cycles. So we all know that there's real estate cycles, and uh, you know, in 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 today's deal, I mean, we just went through a really crazy cycle. That you know, in the 2005s uh, areas, that you know the market was crazy. It was just you know people were making offers on homes sight unseen for thirty grand more, to having one of the greatest recessions that we've ever had and experienced in my lifetime, where home values were like half of what they were, and so you know, and then it went all the way very you know to down to like 2000. I think nine was probably the bottom, and uh, you know now we've climbed our way up. And as we're climbing the way up, you know, how much more do we have up, right? And that's the question everybody's saying, you know, how long can this last? And, you know, now we're starting to see interest rates rise. So it's crazy that, you know, where we're at in the marketplace. And I would say right now is we're definitely in the uptick, but it's not crazy yet. And that's, and that's my opinion. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am, is that there's just not there's not craziness going in the market. When there's craziest craziness. That's when you're at a top of the market, and you know you got to be really mindful of that when you're investing. Now, I'm going to tell you though, the reason why I love apartments and this business is that it is based on cash flow, not appreciation. And so, if you'll follow my teachings and and learn to buy properties based on cash flow, you're going to be a lot better off because you know appreciation is um, something that we hope to come. And in, in the apartment world, we kind of force the appreciation by raising the rents. So everything's based on uh, you know, income. So And the great thing about market cycles is because sometimes investing in your backyard may not make a lot of sense. right? I don't own any apartment buildings in Phoenix. And the reason is, is because I don't think it's a great area to invest in. I would like to try, but my uh, th- the returns that I get are so small where I can invest in somewhere like um, New Orleans and um, I can make a really good return on my money. And so that's that's the, a great thing, a, a great uh, reason for the apartment world is that if you're done right, you're not tied to just like your backyard. Um, now you can you can always start in your backyard if that's what you know. But I would challenge you to to uh, to look at, and look at it differently to say you know where's the best opportunity, where's the best opportunity to make good money, and if you go about it that way, it just this business is pretty awesome that you can find um, what I call emerging markets or markets that have a lots of potential. And so, when we talk about emerging markets, what are we talking about? We're talking about growth. You know, where are people? Where are the jobs? Where are jobs coming back into communities? And, and uh, you know, um, how much are they paying? Let's, you know, like in Texas right now, it could be a good time to buy some properties in Texas right now, just because of um, the oil industry is down, right? But we just had a new election, and you know, there's a promise to be more energy independent. Um, With this current administration. And so there'll be some opportunities to buy, but hope, you know, to think that there's going to be those those oil jobs coming back and, you know, the exploration of oil. They just proved that they have bigger fields than they ever thought they had. And, uh, you know, that's really good for the oil industry. So, you know, you don't want to be um, just like tied to your backyard. And in market cycles, every different city is in a, you know, is in sometimes somewhat of a different market cycle. So meaning like, you know, maybe right now Phoenix is not the place to invest because the market's at its top. It's doing really, really well. Um, but there's another place like New Orleans, right? And the reason I'm using New Orleans is, because I just, is that I just bought a property in New Orleans, and so, uh, in Slidell. And so... But it might be better; it make more sense to buy it in that market because it's still emerging. There's a still more of a growth pattern, and so if we're doing these apartment deals, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about how we want to buy them and hold them, um, you know, for you know, in my mind, uh, three to five years. Uh, you know, if you have a longer time horizon, five to seven, right? Um, or in my opinion, if you find the right partner, you can hide, you can um, buy these things and hold them forever, right? But if you want to sell them, you want to sell them when you're at the peak, the top of the market. So you can, you can really do this and, and rise up a market, sell it at the peak. And then when you sell it, you're going to go look for another emerging market or a market that um, is in, in that wake of, hey, it's, it's on its upturn and really compound your efforts by doing that. And that's the great thing is that just because New Orleans doing you know, is a good place to start now, um, you know, five years it might be the time to sell. And when I'm when I sell, I don't want to go back and just go buy at the same market because um, it's expensive. It might be better to take that money out of New Orleans and go somewhere. Maybe now it's Atlanta. Maybe Atlanta is the place to be. So that really makes a big, big difference on the, you know, where you invest, how you invest, and you know, what market that you choose. And, you know, you should be choosing markets based on data. And, you know, that data is not hard to find. We'll, we'll go into future episodes of where to find the data, um, where to, to do your homework when you're putting all this together. So we don't want to just, like, throw a, a dart on, a, on a, a map and say, gosh, that's, that's where we're supposed to be, right? We're going to put some, uh, a little bit of knowledge behind it, do a little bit of research, right? It's not a lot, but we, we definitely need to understand our, the markets that we're interested in, and, you know, it's probably a good idea just to look at your own market just to do the the process, to look at it and say, hey, is my backyard, is it a good market? Because it very well may be. And sometimes, you know, investing in your own backyard, it's not sometimes always a bad place to start because you understand, you know, your, your market better than anybody. All right, so... The next big thing is when we're talking about the secret language of apartments, right? We've talked about market cycles, ABCs, is cap rate, right? Or capitalization rate. What is is a cap rate? What is it, right? What does it mean? Um, Because you hear this word a lot when we're talking about multifamily projects. And so um, what Google says the cap rate is, is the rate of return on a real estate investment property based on the income that the property is expected to generate or you know the capitalization rate is used to estimate the investor's potential return on his or her investment so cap rate equals your net operating income or the income the property makes divided by the current market value so when we're like doing this i like to kind of reverse it a little bit and so change it up so I look at cap rate as is this. Cap rate is what a market is trading at for a stream of income. When you're buying a property, an apartment building, we're not buying it based on what the rents are and what um, you know the location, how much the property is worth per se. We're basing it based on how much net operating income, right? That's NOI. NOI is net operating income, Um, is it making, and then what is the cap rate, and that's going to determine the value. So cap rates are really um, kind of setting the market for a particular stream of income. So to make this make sense, let's go back to our ABCs, right? In um, those A buildings, those new buildings, right? They're really nice and clean and polished, and, and have all the you know whiz bangs in there. Those sell at a very very low cap rate because um, they're very desirable for a specific type of income. And so, what is a cap rate for you know like uh, you know an A and a B and a C? Um, you know B properties, you're usually going to get between six and eight this is very general, right? Six and eight cap rates, maybe a little bit more. Sometimes you can find them at 10, right? A B property. C properties, usually you want to try to buy at 10 caps or better. And so what does all that, you know, what does that mean? Let me give give you the math behind it. Here's the best way to explain it is to say, okay, if I had a property that was producing $100,000 of NOI or net operating income, the market... The market was at a 10 cap for that type of property. That means my market value, so it's 100K divided by 10% equals a market value of $1 million. Well, you know, it's meaning an investor would be willing to pay you a $1 million to receive that $100,000 of income. But if you could. Now, let's do the math differently. Now, let's say we still have that same $100,000 of net operating income, NOI. And we were and now the market was at an eight cap for that property. Now, it costs you $1.25 million, right? So $250,000 more for that same stream of income. So all that means is this. When you're buying a property, you want to buy at the, a high cap rate, the highest cap rate that you can possibly buy at. Properties are trending at an 8% cap rate in this particular market. If you could buy it at 10, uh, a 10 cap rate, that's that's usually a pretty good sign that you're, you're getting a good deal. Now, it all depends, right? It all depends on how you know what's the property looking like and all those factors, right? So there's a lot of factors in, in doing your anal, analyzing of a property curious the trick is how do you buy at 10 and sell at 8? How do you buy 10 and sell at 7? Can that be done? And the truth is it is. it really can be, and it's a little bit simpler than most people think, is because, you know, and it's really done through what I call, it's called done through operations and having a consistent stream of income. So when you buy an apartment complex, and you're operating it. And usually when you're buying these things, you're, you've, hold, you've held them for quite some time. And I mean, and by that, I mean like not just three or four months. I mean like a couple, three or four years, five years. And that's why in my mind, I like to go in five, multiples of five, five years, um, because I think that's a good place to start and it makes sense. So let's say you buy a property and I'm going to use uh, my New Orleans deal as an example, um, Is that I'm buying this property and I think I'm buying it at a 10 cap or something close to that maybe it's maybe it's uh, close to nine good property and it's already like 95 percent occupied it's already producing income I'm just I'm getting a decent deal on this deal and it doesn't need a whole lot of capex okay capex is another word meaning capital improvements or money that I need to put into the property right that's capex it doesn't need a whole lot of CapEx, in other words, improvement on the property. But here's what I know, is that I know there's lots of investors out there willing to pay more for a property if it's a consistent cash flow. So I'm gonna do that through operations. We're gonna make some, some small improvements on the exterior of the property, clean it up, make it look nice, um, we're gonna pr- transition our tenants from paying, uh, with checks to actually paying online. We're really good at making those conversions of getting um, most of our tenants on a debit system, right, or ACH. And that that does wonders. We're going to really go into those things in that, that operations segment that we're going to talk about. But that's a big, big deal for us. And the reason is is because it collects the money from all our tenants immediately. So when they're not having to come and drop off a check and there's no reason once people get conditioned on this, that money comes out and we can say our money's collected. And that that is really important because, you know, as we start getting the income and then we manage our expenses right, we're gonna have very, very consistent income and and our books are going to look very, very consistent year over year. You're gonna be able to see us raising rents, you know, over time. And you're gonna be seeing the the income get better and better and better. And our expenses, we're keeping them in check, and keeping them tight. And when you have clean, crisp books f- for five years or so, and you got most of your tenants on ACH, all of a sudden, that property is now worth a lower cap rate or it's worth more money because you can show people that it's very, very consistent. And people will pay more money For a nice consistent product and so the value for us as we're trying to find deals is that we're looking for deals that we can buy at a good cap rate or good return for us make the you know make improvements to be able to uh you know make a lot more money make value in the deal right so that's that's how you're doing this and it's not that hard but it you know it it does take some time and it takes a little bit of um, education. So, what we're gonna keep on working through is like all these little things that you got to do. I, I don't think the apartment business gets done in one day, right? And this is not like a course you can go through in a in a day and be like, "Oh, I've got it." It took me a little bit of time. It took me a little time, a little effort to kind of learn the whole process. But you know, the the big thing is to understand that there is a a language. In apartment building, right? Just like we talked about CapEx, right? What is CapEx? And so as I go through each and every segment, I'm going to start going through terms and I'm going to say terms as they come naturally to me, but I'm going to remind myself to pause and like say, hey, here's a term. Here's a term that we need to know, right? And, and why is it? And, and it's really just how uh, the jargon is in this industry. It's just a little different. Like we don't have tenants. We have Rents. You know, we have uh, make readies. Like, what's a make ready? A make ready is when a tenant moves out, you got to make that make that a unit ready. So it's just it's just those little things that we we do in this apartment world um, that you'll get to know, right? And it's it's not hard, but it just takes a little time. I'm gonna wrap it up here pretty close. I'm trying to make these segments. I did my first segment. I went really long, almost uh, like an hour, and I'm not sure if those are bite-size I think an hour maybe too long I don't know I I consume things in 30 minutes (laughs) and I like 30 minute segments so if I in my mind if I can make this uh, go into like 45 minutes I'm I think I'm doing it right so I don't want to go the whole lot longer than a 45 minute segment because it's hard to retain that information so with that said, uh, you know, here's what we're going to do is that, uh, you know, we're going to keep on, I'll, I'll keep on giving you like words and terminology into each segment, and then the next segment you're going to really want to tune into because this is where we're going to start going over. And, and remember, the first six pillars that we're doing are the basic pillars and we're going to dive in more detail. So we're going to go at this thing like 50,000 feet And then we're going to come back into each segment and go down a little deeper. So our next secret pillar is the secret of how to find and source great deals and what I call deal flow. This is where you're going to learn how to take a deal or how to get deals coming to you. In other words, uh, potential deals. And in this business, it's a lot different than I think the single family uh, business in that you can still do what I call direct mail marketing. And that works, it is an absolute way to work it. But I think in this business still, there's there's definitely what's a relationship factor. And because we're dealing with a more sophisticated seller, which is normally, you know, we're looking for ownership groups or uh, that are probably are not apartment guys, right? So like, I would love, I like buying stuff from a, like a group of lawyers, right? They're great at being lawyers. Um, they're probably decent at running apartments but they're just decent or sometimes a lot of times they make mistakes and they get into stuff that they didn't didn't or shouldn't have gone into and um, you know they have problems and so we make I make lots of money by fixing um, problems and honestly there's only there's like two or three major problems that we're always looking for. We're looking for properties that have that deferred maintenance people not putting money back into them and usually bad management or management problems, personnel problems. And a lot of times it's a combination of both. You tr- normally have, you know, you find properties that need a lot of work or sometimes they need a little bit of work but they need just the right amount of work. And it's usually coupled with bad management. And in my opinion, those things are really, really what I call fixable problems, right? You can fix, bad management by putting in good management, right? It's like night and day. And normally, an extension of that is if you're having, sometimes it's your personnel, sometimes it's not the personnel. We've actually bought properties where it's bad management, um, but we kept, you know, we didn't keep everybody, but we kept the good players. And a lot of times that's what happens is there's two or three good players in your apartment building, but there's usually it's the main manager that's really the sour, sour apple. Um, you're, you know, your leasing agent could be a great leasing agent, or your maintenance guy could be a great maintenance man, but he's being led by um, someone that's not a great leader in your, your, your uh, on your management team, and that makes bad management happen. There's lots of little mistakes. And so, um, and a lot of it honestly has to do with keeping up standards. It's, it seems so like, when I look back at this thing, it seems so simple, yet a lot of management companies Honestly, they are just worried. All they want to make is your, the money you pay them, and they're not fully invested into the outcomes. So it, it does it does it, with to say you know you spend a lot of time finding good management companies. We'll go into that too. I promise. This, this is going to wrap up this this segment. So I want you guys if you're um, if you haven't yet, make sure that you go out to uh, kahunawealthbuilders.com and get that quick quick start workshop. Okay. Um, you're going to want to get that. It's going to help you go through a- and physically see what we're talking about. And the other part of that is um, if you would be so kind as to take uh, the time to get onto iTunes and rate this podcast for me. Um, it, would, it means a lot. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a couple of the um, people that make comments, and I'm going to make sure that I uh, give you a shout out in our next episode. So be listening for the shout outs and uh, hopefully this was a great podcast. You guys got a lot out of it. So we look forward to get our next one out there. Where we're going to talk about how to get some deal flow, how to get things, you know, starting to look at. And um, with that said, guys, appreciate it.